Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So... We still can't believe we're actually here. We're still waiting for one of them to come on and go, come on, get off, get off. Anyway, we'll do it for as long as we can before we get caught. Um, I'm Lucy from Dumpty Dum. Thank you so much for coming. How many people here are Dumpty Dum people and how many are archers? Who Who is a Dumpty Dum person? Lots of people, good. And um, the rest of you are Archer's listeners. Did you do the mailbox tour and everything yesterday? Some of you, great. It was good, wasn't it? They told us all how fab it was. Um, right. Uh, we have some people coming up from the audience, which I think has been sorted out, how you're going to get up and everything. Um, and we have with us some very special guests for you. We're also going to do a live Dumpty Dum, so we're just going to have a little bit of a sing of the theme tune to warm our voices and obviously <clears throat> to provide us with a Dumpty Dum for months to come when we haven't got one. So that's, yes, that's the plan. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So I hope you're all in good voice, largely. So shall we do a quick, ah? everyone have a bit of a sing? <laughs> Very good, excellent. Um, uh, yes, I don't, they haven't told us to do any fire warnings or anything, so I presume if there's a fire, run out. That's it. <laughs> don't stand here, run out. Probably that way. Uh, Derek Fletcher was due to be here. He does send his um, uh, apologies. Um, there was a bit of an issue with getting his unfeasibly large apparatus on the train, and then when he saw, he felt overshadowed by the organ. So that <laughs> He gave up. Um... I think it's about time now that we bring out our lovely guests um, to see you. Have we got somebody here who's come from Boston? Is that right? A lady who's come from a very... From, oh, sorry. Well, who is it? <gasps> you came from Michigan for this. Nothing else. <laughs> Did you mean to? Is it okay? Um, well, that's just... Fantastic. When they said someone's come from... Because it, it, it's not Boston then. Because someone said Boston to me and I thought Boston Lincolnshire. I thought, that's fine. That's not... Why is everyone telling me that? No. Um, right. I will now... My co-host and podcasting husband is feeling somewhat under the weather today. I shall warn you now. 
uh, they have offered to supply a um, Birmingham Symphony Hall bucket, but he's declined. So can we please have a big hand for Mr Royfield Brown? (laughs) And next we have the man without whom none of this would be possible because we would have nothing to talk about, Kerry Davis, who writes the article. And lastly, but not leastly, the lady of the tabard, (laughs) Susan Carter, a.k.a. Charlotte Martin. Right, we're going to do the Dumpty Dum now. Okay. Um, So, folks, um, this is live. And it's all incredibly daunting for me anyway. And, um, and it's really nice uh, for me to be back in my hometown, um, back from America, and also to have my mum and dad in the audience as well. And um, dum-de-dum listeners of a certain vintage will know that every now and then when I record when I'm back home, uh, my mum will come in with a cup of tea <laughs> or I'll be berated by my father. So there's always voices off. So it's really nice to see mum and dad in the audience. Um, and the- <laughs> Can I just say, Mr. and Mrs. Brown, I wanted you to be in a royal box somewhere so I could come out and do a little bob. <laughs> but this is how we always start. Dumpty Dum. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. But before we do the Dumpty Dum, uh, I've been asked to, uh, for those uh, of us who've been up for the weekend, want to say a little something to Royfield, who has organised it all. So we do three cheers for Royfield. Hip, hip. Hooray! Hip, hip. Hooray! Hip, hip. Hooray! And now you're all vocally warmed up. <laughs> It's a proper Dumpty Dum with the sheep at the end, which I will uh, conduct you for as well. So, and I know quite a few are singers, so we'll, we'll start sort of on a... Da, on there, OK? After four. Three, four. We'd like to welcome you all to Birmingham Town Hall. It's my hometown and the temporary home of Dumpty Dum, or should uh, should that be Brumpty Dum? Um, (laughs) Now, of course, Dumpty Dum is the show about the reality docudrama that has centred on Amrich in the heart of the Midlands. I am the model prisoner that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the snotty public school boy with a black eye, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Freddie's jail sentence, folks, is you. Now, this week, we are honoured to have with us Kerry Davis, one of the fantastic team of writers behind The Archers, and Charlotte Martin, who plays one of our favourite characters, Susan Carter. (laughs) On this week's episode, we have calls from Andy and Titian. But first, before we get to the good stuff, 
which is just me talking about some random film that I've seen this week, you have to sit through my podcasting wife's Lucy B. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. I feel like a sixth former who's written a rude newsletter and the headmaster's made me read it on stage. <laughs> if only I could write like Lucy. <laughs> uh, we began the week mourning Norman Stanley Freddy's descent into the slammer. Parched up! He's got a year, which in Archer's time means he'll either be out next Wednesday or we won't hear a peep from him until 2023. <laughs> Brian is now worried that the same thing will happen to him. It is very unlikely you will be sent to a young offenders institute, Brian. <laughs> More like an even tide home. Hooty Jill was being sympathetic over at Brookfield while they waited for David to work out which sock went on which foot before he drove Elizabeth to the prison. <laughs> Freddie should be okay in a Young Offenders Institute, Hooty said knowledgeably, cutting the lemon drizzle. He needs a nice little job in the Obit shop as long as he doesn't give it the Billy Big Bollocks and keeps his shiv up his jacksy. Naughty Ruth! <laughs> They made the journey up north. No breaks. For some reason, David has a strange aversion to stopping in motorway services. <laughs> Elizabeth gazed dolefully out of the window. I thought it would look less like a prison, she said. No, that's not it, Elizabeth. That's Sheffield, said David. <laughs> On the way home, she was hysterical. He won't survive with people like that, she wailed. Elizabeth, he is people like that. <laughs> criminals, people who say lounge and toilet, she sobbed. My baby! The good news is, Elizabeth finally told Kenton that far from being the poor, exploited little twonk she's convinced everyone he is, Freddie was handing out more pills than Boots the Chemist after prom night at Felpersham College. (laughs) Kenton stopped singing the chorus to Anarchy in the UK for a moment and vaguely considered that Freddie may be partially responsible for... No. No, it's much easier to just blame the filth. I want where Freddie gets his ability to live in a fantasy world from. (laughs) Anyway, once reason returned to its throne, which always takes a while with Kenton, he then tried tried to make up with Fallon by describing Auntie Cardboard as a very wise woman. Oh, yes. The woman that gave away her savings to a total stranger in a hacking jacket who told her he was going to ride horses round an imaginary racetrack in Costa Rica. Mind you, by Kenton's standards, she's a sodding genius. Over at the Flower and Produce, Jennifer won everything, from guess the weight of Shula Hebden-Lloyd to to Marrow that looks most like its owner and the ever-popular What's Carol Toboggan Smoking competition. (laughs) In a blatant attempt to skew the judging, Clary told Fallon about Nick's harvest pie. It's basically the compost bin under some pastry, Fallon. (laughs) But her mummy's dead. You wouldn't want to upset her with her dead mummy, would you? (laughs) Yes, said Fallon calmly. Couldn't give her monkeys. But it all worked out all right for the Grundies, as Kira won with a fruity llama. But quite frankly, it's easy to score with a fruity llama, though, particularly if you are another llama. (laughs) Now, this strange social event Justin's organising and Lyndon's apparently desperate to go to... <clears throat> the VIP guests are Ira Foster Q and Brenda Belcher. <laughs> Kerry, Belcher. where are you getting these names from? <laughs> are you just chucking Scrabble letters up in the air and writing down whatever lands? It worked for Shula and Kenton. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Hannah are reaching Sid and Jolene in the shower scales. <laughs> we even had... Not like that, Tom, it tickles. <laughs> 
But knowing Tommy got stuck trying to get her wellies off. She booty-called him for the third time and he rushed home from work. I'm amazed he's got the strength to get in the polytunnels, never mind out of them. He's sounding more and more tired, which is maybe thinking maybe Hannah's also been shagging Neil on the quiet, which would explain <laughs> the noises. When Johnny interrupted their lunchtime loving, they decided that rather than just shouting, we'll be down in a minute, Johnny, Tom and Hannah should stage a row, which became quite unnecessarily vitriolic, largely focused around Hannah leaving her knickers on the radiator. I don't even know why she did that. Have they not got a rotary? We've had some lovely drying days. Anyway, poor Johnny, who is so anti-agro he should be negotiating Brexit, got very, very flustered. Hannah, Tom, stop being nasty. Them knickers on, Hannah's, they're mine. Oh, thongs, brilliant. Tony's been practising guess the weight of the cow and got really good at it, but then discovered it wasn't even a category at the flower and produce. <laughs> but he took the opportunity to hand on this superpower to Johnny, who is quietly bricking it about having sole responsibility for the cows. So far, Johnny's, uh, Johnny's only had sole responsibility for some celery. Um, it's not that stressful to look after celery. Uh, one night he was convinced he'd left the gate open and celery might have got out, but it was fine. And he's now got quite quick at herding it up the lane to the parlour. Poor old Auntie Cardboard took a tumble. She got a bit damp in the rain coming back from the tea shop and went a bit curly at the edges and fell over herself. <laughs> Apparently she damaged her pubis, which in dumpty-dum terms is known as doing a rob art, and to the rest of us, falling on her ass. However, she will soon be out of hospital as her only visitors seem to be Kenton and Peggy. So if that is an incentive to get the hell out of there, I don't know what is. <laughs> Jazza and uh, Alistair did a lot of heavy breathing. Come on, Jazza, don't stop now, we're nearly there. They were running... Bloody hello, they were running. <laughs> and horrible Hannah came out to give them moral support by legging them over and singing the chariots of fire music to the accompaniment of farty noises from under her armpits. She really is a charmer. Do you know I'm quite looking forward to Hannah's first run-in with Kirsty? She'll be so surprised when she says something snarky and Kirsty just leans forward right in her face and goes, Tom! The end. <laughs> You know what, Freeman? What? That was so much better than last week. <laughs> <laughs> it really was last week. Didn't half go on. You had some jokes in that one. Well done. It must be amazing to actually hear the laughter, though. It's terrible, it's, it's, because it's, it might not come. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine them laughing. It, it, it's, it's one of the problems of, of writing the archers. You write what you hope is a funny line. Yeah. But you, that's why you God never made hear Twitter. the laughter. Because yeah. you're yeah. oh, that was me. Yeah, so yeah. 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 absolutely. I, I sometimes come into to studio... Uh, where, you know, where my script's being recorded, just to hear the read-through. Because the, the actors will sometimes laugh at a line. I mean, they're only doing it so that I write them more lines <laughs> in the future. But, but it's, it's, it's great just to get that. Is you yeah. trying to hijack our yeah. show? Yeah. I don't mind. I think we should let him. So I haven't got a script, so I don't know when I'm meant to speak. So. <laughs> when you're spoken to. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, the last week in yes. The Archers, Yes. Right? What do you reckon? Bear in mind there's a scriptwriter right next to you now. <laughs> it uh, was great. I, I wrote this, this week uh, tonight to, to Friday, you? so slag the last one. OK. <laughs> Excellent. Flower and Produce show. Were you excited? I, yes, leaping, I could not sit still. I think what, what, what confused me more, really, was the, um, the Tom and Hannah thing, because I genuinely couldn't understand why they keep taking these colossal risks of being caught with... Mm. 
their pants down. We heard the zipper again, didn't we? Well, <laughs> we heard a lot of zipper action, didn't we? There was a lot of slippage, as they would say in the yeah. single social. Uh, bit, bit of a wry laugh out there. But you don't, you don't know whether it was a zipper on trousers or a zipper on a cagoule. No, she said, Tom, pull your trousers off. <laughs> right, okay. Three times in well, one week. a cagoule in bed. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> But there was there was a lot of sex yeah. in the archers this week, well, it and I, I, it, it upset me. <laughs> it upset me. Um, and then there was Alistair and Jazza, wasn't there? The running. Yeah. I know. Well, that, that's quite that's quite sweet. I think that he's sort of encouraging him, and um, and, and now Alistair, you know, Jazza sort of got him into it, and now Alistair's mm. encouraging him. There is going to be a health crisis, isn't there? There has to be. Mm. Is there a health crisis? <laughs> what, what are you setting us up for, Kerry? questions about the future. <laughs> but we've sat Kerry off the trap door. I can so barely <laughs> answer questions about the past. I certainly can't do the future. But what is absolutely lovely is we're hearing more of jazz as a character. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's got to have a nice woman soon, doesn't yeah. he? And it's not going to be Hannah, is it? Because she no. ain't nice. Mm. Oh, what a witch. And he bought all those flowers and it's, are we all right now, Hannah? Are we all right now? I've just gone from the service station. Probably yeah, a fiver, true. wasn't He's it? Probably really? from the, from the, the green burial got. Mm. No, they, weren't they, uh, they, they were uh, Jim's prize winning oh, yes, weren't yeah, they? Yes, they were. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Outrageous. Um, so we know that something's going to happen with, with Jazza because we've heard loads of him. Um, someone's going to have a heart attack because they're doing a whole load of uh, health stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie got a proper slap, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. Elizabeth's just bonkers there, isn't Is she? she? <laughs> but all that... T- treating him as if, you know, somehow he's, he's been um, m- mal... Th- not maltreated in, in, in the Young Offenders Institute, but, you know, it's horribly unfair that he's been given a jail sentence. He's just been treated exactly like anybody else mm. that has done, committed that crime. I can understand. Going, oh, I'm going she to write just... to the governor, and you think, my God, how many times do you want him to be beaten up? You know, <laughs> written to the governor, and I don't have to sit with you lot anymore. It's, but isn't it? It's because he doesn't fit the the, people, you know, the, the general profile, perception yeah. of what a drug dealer is. Yeah. But everybody yeah. that first enters prison or a young offenders institute yeah. gets beaten up because mm. it's the pack yeah. mentality to show you where you are yeah. in the mm. thing, doesn't yeah. it? From my vast experience. <laughs> <laughs> But I did think I, I quite liked um, David uh, taking Elizabeth up there because you've got a real sense of them as a family, actually, as siblings. And then there's a whole kind of wider thing, you know, Kenton with his nonsense about, um, you know, falling out with Fallon. Yeah. You got a sense of the archer, the, what kind of archer, the wider archer's clan, didn't you? Yeah. And, and that was just a nice thing to, you know, Throughout all There's going to be a massive week. backlash against Elizabeth now because she's Why she's so? kind of engendered so much. Um, oh, it's all awful! Everyone help me! This is terrible! My poor boy has been been victimised, and now people are finding out that actually he was doing it for months. That he endangered Nolatando. He did this, that, and the other. You know, Kerry's nodding. Mm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> I just just focus what Kerry is. You well, just it's, keep it's, talking, it's I'll keep a right eye on this man here. It's inedible. She, she, she went out on such a limb. Yeah. And already, the, I mean, the, it's, it, the reason I'm nodding is because it started, it started on Friday with Kenton and David. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and they're suddenly going, look, we still support you and it's terrible, yeah, but, but... he did yeah, do it. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And, and, but she's done that, that Elizabeth thing of she's convinced herself that, mm. that Freddie was yeah. blameless because mm. she can't... But then, you know... But wouldn't any mother... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, they would. They would. Yeah. They would. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. My, my mother's never say, forgiven me for, <laughs> for listening to The Archers, you know, back in 1984. He must so, have been an embarrassment. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, and wedding photos. On the, on the radio. On the, on, on the radio. <laughs> Which was your yeah. favourite, Lucy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, mine was the first, I'll tell you, my, my favourite was the one with Kenton with his tie tied around his head, because I could utterly yeah, see yeah, yeah. exactly that, you know, they're playing ACDC or something, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, on the, yeah. uh, the DJ, and, and there he is playing air guitar with the, <laughs> yep, I've got that completely. You know, the, look at these people here, they're all intelligent, they've all got imaginations, you only have to give them a few words, and they're painting pictures yeah, in their head anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's how radio works, really, for me, not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> um... So we end up with Auntie Chris, Auntie Cardboard. Yeah. Oh. Falling over she, she's gonna, When they're just going to put gonna her wipe down? Out the when are they going to put her down? <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Well, she had, Who would they take live with if they put Auntie Cardboard down? With the waterworks, you know. And now there's this with a blooming hip and whatever. It's like, oh. It's when, they, it's when Alistair goes to visit you, you to worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kindest thing in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> But the week ended up with Kenton and Fallon making up, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ken, Fallon, Fallon's just got to get used to this because if you're going to be the wife of a of a copper in a small village, you are going to end up knowing all kinds of unsavoury things. And what mm. uh, uh, what Auntie Cardboard said was very helpful, I think, about you know George George Barford saying, oh, you know, he had to do all kinds of things that he didn't want to and didn't, uh, you know, he felt uncomfortable about. But you know, it's just the job. It is. It mm. is. Yes. Mm. Right, now, before we interview our esteemed guests or have yes. a chat, yes. should we have a chat? Should we interview them? What do you have a chat. <laughs> Shall we? Yeah. Do we have to? Yeah. Well, we could just <laughs> ignore them. <laughs> um, before we do that, why don't we take a couple of calls? Yes. All right, then. Hello, Cambridge 3962. First off, it's Andy from Denmark. Hi, Dutchy Gum. It's Andy from Denmark. Um, now, I normally call you once every four years, but this is the second time I've called you in six weeks. So I've gone a bit crazy now. Uh, well, I listen, obviously, to the Archers uh, along with my parents and um, my mum's friend, Rosie, a name check for her, has just uh, predicted that... Um, Elizabeth is going to start a relationship with Alistair, which is obviously going to cause a huge rift in the family, um, and the sisters may never speak again. Now, on another note, I um, play this game with my dad, especially, where it's we would basically talk about which characters we'd happily push off a cliff um, and never see again. Now, my top two at the moment. Number one, Ian. I can't stand Ian. He is a moron and a silly, stupid little man. And, uh, yeah, I I would happily wipe him out with some kind of disease. Um, I also hate Lillian because she is a silly, uh, middle-aged to old age. Oh dear. I've got right off Andy from Like the Judy Waters character. Don't even get me started on her. Um, And uh, anyways, my mum loves Ian. Which 
I've got to be honest, it's going to possibly cause a rift in our family because she, if she continues with this Ian stance, um, then we're not going to be able to enjoy Christmas together. Anyway, keep up the good work, love the podcast, and I'll speak to you in about another six weeks with some inane comment. Bye. Bye. <gasps> How could anybody not like Lillian? That is, Whoa, that's that, amazing. that is such a contrarian. Absolutely. Uh, approach. And Ian is the nicest if, man. If I had Ian. to say yeah. who were our two most popular characters, yeah. it could, it could easily well, be Ian. And then it just goes to show you've only got five million listeners, mm. you have five million points of view. Mm. No, you have one person who doesn't like Lillian. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think uh, our Andy from Denmark was being deliberately contrarian. Yeah. Being deliberately. Yes. Because, uh, because what did he say? Um, he said that middle aged woman of like Julie Walters, which is all the reasons <gasps> why we like, we like her. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. National treasure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, now, uh, the next call is, I think she's a little bit tiddly, but it's, it's our Titian. I believe she's on, on the rocker in, in, Mad- in Madrid or something. Or OK. Here, here she comes. Hola, que tal? Hello, buenas noches. Evening. Oh. <laughs> it's Titian and Benny here. And Benny Mag here. Um, in, in Madrid. In Madrid. Having a nice evening. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly tipsy, but full of opinions. We have a few things to send. Yes, we do. So, Freddie, we actually do really feel quite sorry for him. Yeah, it's a real shame. We're really worried about it. However, we have watched Prison Break. (laughs) And we have watched Orange is the New Black. And we don't want to hear it. I would have preferred, personally, a lot of, uh, like, 2,000 community hours... That, that would have been, been good. Yeah. That would have been. He could have packed for Jenny Much and, and Brian. Yes. He could <laughs> fix Tom's lips. Could have done. <laughs> could have done all. He <laughs> could <laughs> help move cows. He could, I don't know, help Emma serve in the shop. All sorts of merriment. He could help carpet burns find the bunting. He but please, <laughs> please know Chris and Bake. And bake. Chris <laughs> and Bake off. <laughs> Oranges and black. <laughs> Very boring. We had enough with Helen in prison. That was quite enough torture. Very depressing. It? Very depressing. And that was upsetting. We don't want any more of that kind of upsetting. No so. more upsets. Because it's bound to be awful, isn't it? Great. Grim. We don't want happy. No. We want happy. We don't She's gone this month. As my mother used to say. I'm concerned that she's just the embodiment of Anisha, though. That depresses me. Yeah, she's Anisha sort of taken one step further, isn't she? She's not nice. She's not nice to Neil. We don't like that. Oh, no. We love oh. Neil. Generally, not nice to anyone, is she? Nasty. And Anisha was a bit hard-nosed, but she was horrible. We have to... We have to say au revoir. Or Adios. Wrong country. Hasta luego. Now... How much do you reckon they've been drinking? I don't know what they're on, but can I ask them? <laughs> this is, yes. Thank you, Titian, in an advanced state of refreshment in Madrid. Yes. Let me neck. Well, for me, it was significant when Hannah had a go at Neil. Because you just yeah. think, you know, this is the nicest person in the village. Mm. Yeah. You know, you can't have a go at our Susan's Neil, can you? No. Right. And you said, I said to myself, oh, she's got to be a little bit of a Roman. Yeah. So my question to you, Mr Davis, right, is um, when you've got, you got your big chalkboard, you script writers, and you go, right, we're going to have a new character, 
or a returning character as Hannah is supposed to be, right? Did you absolutely set out for her to be a bit of a bitch? Not exactly, but uh, (laughs) it came out of... When you say not exactly... story, we didn't didn't bring her back and think, you know, we're going to bring her back and make her the person that everybody in this room actually hates now. Um, But it just seemed like an interesting story. Uh, to precisely to, because Neil is such a nice guy, mm. uh, and every you know everybody cuts him a lot of slack. Well, what happens if there's someone who isn't a you know mm. doesn't cut him such slack? Um, and you know back back when Godfrey Baisley created the show, he had he came up with this wonderful formula. What you need is you, you, you guys probably know this: mother and father figure, young lovers, a comic character, and an irritant. And you do need a you do need the grit in the oyster, mm-hmm. and and Hannah's providing a bit of that at the moment. Mm. So, Charlotte, mm. what's it like to work alongside Brian, who is the nicest man in Ambridge? Oh, it's, it's an absolute delight. He's, he's a fantastic actor, very experienced. I mean, been working in theatre and television and radio for years. But he's just so generous as an actor. Um, I couldn't wish to play the majority of my scenes with a, with a better person. Uh, I know this all sounds a bit gushing, but it really is true. He's, he's a great inspiration to me as well. So I, I love it. Yeah, it's mm. really good. And how, how, do you do, how do you develop that kind of chemistry? Obviously, you've been married for, on the show for, what, 30-plus years yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, how, how has that chemistry co- you know, been developed, do you think? I mean, obviously, the script writers, I've got to say this, haven't mm-hmm. I? The script writers help us in writing such fantastic scripts. But um, I think it's, it's, it's fortuitous, really. I mean, it's just lucky that when you put two actors together, they are able to bond and form a really mm-hmm. close relationship. And that's happened with Brian and myself. But I'm sure you will have experience of probably putting two characters yeah. together who should have uh, a connection, a bond, and it doesn't quite work. So... However good a, 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 an actor you are, sometimes that can't be breached. You know, you can't you can't develop that. And I think you may have absolutely yes. Know, I can't instances. think of any right now, but no, certainly but it happens. You know, you, you, people, you put people together in a, in a, a sort of beginnings of a relationship, and you no, hear you hear how it sounds. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't commit yourself until you, you know, particularly to something long term like they're going to get married or whatever. Until you know for sure that those actors are going to sound as sound, if yeah, yeah as, as, as if, if they're they really connected. Yeah. A couple. I yeah. actually think it's really interesting for me. Alistair and Shaw and, and their breakup. <clears throat> there is there is. I actually believe them more now than when they were together because yeah, they were so vanilla yeah. Yeah. and yeah. 2D. Yeah. Now, yeah. They're, they're real characters and I believe their relationship. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you look at how they, you know, how they got together, it was under unusual circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, where it was clear that if it hadn't been for the pull the, the, um, of Ambridge for Shula, you know, she probably would have gone to, to Manchester with uh, Dr Richard Locke. You know, and so Alistair, he was always number two in that, mm. you know, in, in that choice. Mm. So there was an element of settling there, and that has bubbled away for a long time, you know, until it finally came out last year. Do I agree? Well, it, it was a vanilla relationship, yeah. and um, I could never see where it was going, particularly. Um, and now <laughs> it is going somewhere at least, yeah. but I, I didn't believe them as a as a couple. Yeah. And particularly once Dan had left. Mm. Yeah, you know, Dan was a focus was the, for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So, 
Alistair sounds like a new man now. He does. He does. Just sounds, he sounds quite fanciable yep. now. All of a sudden, yeah. you think, oh, hello. Yeah, yeah. yeah completely well, different. Lavinia yeah. certainly thinks so. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she grinned to us now. <laughs> so, I know we spoke uh, before, Kerry, about new characters and the fact that I, I think there's just less than 100 characters actually, on the archers. Actual speaking characters, yeah. yeah. speaking characters, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be putting words in your mouth, but I think you... The impression I got from you is that you're, you thought there should be more reticence as to, in, in terms of putting in new characters, considering that so many established characters just kind of almost have to wander off and whatever. So, where what? are you, Kathy? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Good question. So, what was the point of Anisha? Because, <laughs> you know, there's a big set up there, you know. Yeah. But, but... yeah. I'll, I'll be absolutely, uh, absolutely frank. Um, we cast a brilliant actor there who was very busy. Yeah. And we had a lot of trouble getting her for Archer's stories. Well, she kept appearing on Holby City. And yeah, like, yes. oh, there she yeah <laughs> absolutely. And so, and so Anisha, has ne- she couldn't fulfil the potential that we, we'd hoped oh. for her. I'll tell you one thing she was never brought in for was to have an affair with Alistair. That was always meant to be a bit of a, a, a blind alley. Mm. Um, uh, and, and indeed, at least we were able to, to yeah. do that. Uh, but it was, it was just one of those unfortunate things, you know. Uh, uh, if she hadn't been so successful elsewhere, she might still be in the Archers. It's one of those things. Mm. I don't, I don't know what that says about the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Some some actors have you know thriving careers outside the Archers, but manage to balance the two. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and, and Charlotte, as I'm sure everybody or most people here know, has an amazing career <laughs> outside the Archers. But you know, you manage yeah, to no, balance the yeah, two yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, maybe Charlotte, for the listeners and for the audience that don't know. Um, what do you moonlight as? Because I... obviously, your, your main profession is... She moonlights is... as Susan Carter. Well, <laughs> well my, uh, first and foremost, my, my, my love, my first love is acting. That's always what I've wanted to do. Um, and I particularly wanted to go into musical theatre when I first started out, but that never happened. But anyway, se- secured myself this nice, lovely role in The Archers, which I'm really pleased to be playing. But um, in between acting, as you know, lots of actors rest... Um, and that gave me an opportunity to develop a, an interest in psychology. And um, so I went on in between acting to do a degree in psychology just for a laugh. And that was quite fun. Um, and then I thought, actually, I quite enjoy this. Why don't I do a PhD? So I did a PhD in psychology and then found myself being offered a job as a senior research fellow uh, in youth mental health. So I work currently at the University of Warwick as Senior Research Fellow, researching youth mental health uh, with a focus on early intervention. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine going to that unit and then suddenly realising you're talking to Susan Carter? Oh, well, it's interesting, actually, because I, I go to various conferences across the, the world, really, and... Um, it's very interesting because we have kind of a conference drink before the conference starts and we're all chatting. And someone who knows what I do um, often drops this into the conversation and the looks on people's faces <laughs> sometimes are, 
what? <laughs> um, and the dynamic of the conversation yeah. changes. And then we don't, we're not talking about, um, you know, is it right to medicate people under 40 <laughs> medication? But, uh, you know, what's Shula and Alistair going to be doing in the next few years or whatever? So the dynamic changes. But it also use, uses, um, I mean, I, I get particular benefit from it breaking down barriers. So as soon as someone knows I'm in the archers, because it's so well known, um, it kind of creates a, an instant kind of link and um, barriers are broken down and, and, you know, the chat begins and it's, it's very nice. It helps a, a shoo-in in all sorts of situations. It is, it is amazing what, what it happens when we... I don't yeah. tend to trumpet it, you know, but somebody will say, oh, he writes the archers, you yeah. know, it comes out, yeah. you know. And, and the, the usual, the next, um, the next sentence from the person you're talking to is, oh, my mum loves that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or how ma- most men say to me, Oh yes, my wife listens to that. And then, <laughs> and then you find they know all about yeah, the story. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I I went back um, when when I spoke to you, Charlotte, last year. Mm-hmm. I went back and listened to some old episodes um, of the nineteen eighties <coughs> when um, I think you were you were fresh into the village. Yeah. Your voice in half changed. Has it? <laughs> you you said. You were much more clipped back then, much more. Okay. But but Everybody and it's was. something which I've said to said on the podcast before is you go back and listen to those old, yeah. old episodes. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody sounds incredibly yeah. posh. But I think that's that's typical of today's society, isn't it? You know, we we're, our language is changing and evolving, and we are becoming looser in our pronunciation. And I think particularly with the BBC, you know, it was. The, the origins of the mm. BBC was everyone had received pronunciation and it was very clipped. And I think there was probably a legacy of that even in the 80s yeah. when I first started. Um, but I also think um, it's, it's also a, a, um, a hint to, to the realism that has kind of impacted on drama, both radio and television, that we, 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 we crave more and more realism in, in our dramas. Um, and I think... That is reflected in the way the conversations happen, and it's, it's no, no, no longer quite tight and kind of you know, mm. um, it, it's much more open and relaxed. And I think that's that's what's happened in the archers, particularly. Mm. Well, um, so a lot of the, some of the audience went yesterday to the BBC mailbox oh, and, and, and did the studio tour, and everybody kind of like came back raving about the ball. But like the fact that the bull was literally like one piece of like cardboard, like so big. But also, I think it really gave people an insight as to how creative uh, the like the, the, the sound stuff are, the, yeah. the editors and the sound recorders and, and, and stuff are. Um, and it was and it was a real sense of wonder to listen to everybody's stories and then, then you know going into the Archer Studio. But how was it for you the first time when, when you walked in? Yeah, it was terrifying. I mean, I hadn't done any radio. I'd done mainly television, a bit of theatre. And so got the, I auditioned for two other parts, actually, prior to getting Susan, um, both of which uh, were cast and both of which are no longer in the village, so I was lucky there. Um, but when I, I first went in to record, it was... I, my parents had listened to the programme, so I knew about it, but I hadn't listened myself. Um, and it was terrifying, you know, you, you, you had the, to watch for the light, you had to make sure you were standing the right distance from the microphone, you were standing with really, really well-established actors um, who were, you know, were 
magicians in terms of radio drama. Um, and also, the, the hardest thing for me at that point was turning the script without making the noise. <laughs> so we do this kind of exaggerated thing, and I still do it today. So you have your script there, and when you're turning the page over, you do this. <laughs> so you'll see actors doing this strange thing, and that happens now. But that, for me, was one of the hardest things, was turning the page and making sure that it didn't rustle. And along the way with all of those things, you've got to act as and well. And you've also got to act, yes, I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I love about Neil and Susan is the, the, the way they completely operate on two speeds. Yes. By the time Neil's cleared his throat, Susan's already made the plan, said what they're going to do, alerted him to all the pitfalls and gone ahead and done it, and Neil's still going, uh, 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 in the corner of the kitchen, and she's off. Yes, well, Because if they were both the same, it would never it would work, not work. But it's such a beautiful and I think relationship. We, we've talked about this before, haven't we? That Actually, I think the, that Susan and Neil work and have one of the strongest marriages, mm. I think, in the village, because they are at opposite ends of the spectrum, and it's kind of, I think we said, you know, opposites attract, yep. and, and that, that works um, but I think Susan is, is, a, is a typical a typical woman you know she organises she gets things sorted she says what's what and the man obviously just goes oh yeah okay then. <laughs> so I think it reflects those kind of relationships and also I, I do need uh, to know for the sake of my own relationship what do you put in the chilli oh <laughs> I couldn't possibly say <laughs> I love the fact that the chilli has now become like the code word hasn't it just no, yes <laughs> It's chilly night. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, early 90s, um, and you've been in the show then for quite some time by the early 90s, mm. um, you kind of had your media moment, didn't you, when you were thrown behind oh, yeah. bars. I so did. Tell us, tell, for, for, the, for the listeners that maybe um, aren't aware of that story, tell us about the story of why Susan ended up behind bars. Yeah. But then um, tell us about the media Ferrari that, yeah. that surrounded that. It was an amazing time, actually. Um, so Susan comes from the Horobin family, and the Horobin are renowned for being, you know, the rough element of, of Ambridge. They were created um, for the, so that the Grundys would have someone to look down at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So picture, you know, um, very downtrodden social housing, um, cars on the, on the front lawn, um, bin bags. You, you get the picture, don't you? Um, and Susan was brought up in this household with um, how many brothers she got? Three brothers. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Yeah. She got three brothers. <laughs> Gary, Keith, Gary Keith and Clive. Thank God yeah. he's here. <laughs> um, so three brothers who were useless um, and obviously... As they were growing up, they kept getting in trouble with the law and various things. So Susan was witnessing this all, all, all the time she was growing up. Clive is the worst of the bunch and was involved in some armed robbery in the village, if you remember. He held up the village shop. Um, Susan was obviously heard about this and was absolutely mortified, as you can imagine. Clive was captured or arrested and then escaped and was on the run and turned up at Susan's door. And Susan was in this kind of dilemma, you know, he's my brother, family, but also he's done wrong, what do I do? Anyway, she was persuaded to take him in, help him dye his hair so he could go on the run. I don't know what colour she dyed it, probably orange or something. Um, And the police actually arrested Susan for harbouring a criminal. 
Did Neil know? I can't remember. Uh, Neil did know, I think. Yes, he did okay. know. Yes. Um, so there was this whole storyline of Susan having been arrested for harbouring a criminal when actually she, she was torn and Clive was very threatening. But he was also, you know, her brother. So she was in this really difficult position. So she was sent to prison. Now, that was really interesting. It was a great storyline and, the, and the, the scripts were fantastic. Um, but I wasn't prepared for how much the media would grab hold of this storyline and run with it. And so suddenly I found myself on the front page of the Telegraph and the Times, uh, you know, about... It was Free the Ambridge One, wasn't Free it? the Ambridge One. There was, there was, yeah, there was an organ- a, a group of, of listeners got together and formed this society to free the Ambridge One and they had badges and they were, they were in the media talking about it. And it even went to the House of Commons and uh, Michael um, Howard, Howard who was then the Home Secretary, actually um, spoke about it in the House of Commons. (laughs) And one of the most interesting things was that, do you remember the programme Kilroy? Yeah. Um, They uh, obviously did these kind of, you know, real-world explorations of people's issues and so forth. And they asked me to go on the programme with real women who'd been in prison to talk about Susan's experience in prison. <laughs> you know, reality and fantasy blurring completely, um, which I refused to do because I thought, you know, this is The Archers. This is a storyline. I am an actor. I have no place to be on national television talking about the real experiences of some women who um, have been unfortunate to be in prison. So, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time, but lots of fun. And people still talk about it now. Did you know it was... Did you suspect it might have that? No, it caught us by surprise completely. Really? We thought we we hoped to draw attention to this issue of, uh, uh, you know, of of women with children being sent to prison, you know, arguably in, you know, where's the public good in doing that? Uh, We had no idea it was going to be so huge. You know, and, and, and frankly, if we'd, if we'd sat down and said, right, we're going to do this thing that's going to be huge, it probably wouldn't have been. You yeah. know? It's, it's better. Well, I don't it, know. You sat it, down with Rob and Helen and that got... Well, again, <laughs> again you know, we wanted to explore the issues, and they're mm. very real issues, and they're very real to many, many people. Mm. We had no idea that was going mm. to be mm. the massive cause mm. mm. it, it, it turned out to be. We're very pleased it was. Mm. You know, but, uh, yeah, you, know, we, we, you, can't, you can't think about that when you're doing the story, you know, you just have to tell the story well, that's true to the up, characters. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. you end up with the neighbours scenario yeah. yeah. and every time it got boring yeah. they just flew a plane. Yeah. Absolutely, the and the worst, the, worst, the worst approach would be, you know, here's an issue, what character can we attach it to? Yeah. You know, that's not the way to do drama. Yeah. And, that, and that's the organic way, isn't it, of, of the programme and of drama, particularly radio drama, that, that it enables, I mean, I'm, I know that Kerry will probably agree with this, that what he's just said, you know, you, you, you put a storyline out and then you see where it goes, you hear what the listeners are saying, and particularly today, you know, we can, we can look on social media and, and see where, what storylines people are particularly liking or particularly enjoying, and I think that's, that's the lovely evolutionary kind of way of, of, of radio drama. Because we, we always have a bit of a snigger, sorry, Kerry, about that on... Sniggering is your job. It is. <laughs> Paid snigger. Um... <laughs> Well, unpaid sniggerati, where you <laughs> don't even get paid. Um, where you, we have these storylines that are so slow burn, they're like a you know a cassoulet or something. They just <laughs> and you think, where is this going? And you're trying to imagine, okay, what might so when this child is 16, oh god, that might yeah. happen. You know, we literally no yeah. other soap yeah. where that happens. We we had a long term long term planning meeting uh, just about uh, oh, was it last week? Gosh. 
Time flies in the arches. Um, and, and we literally, at one point, somebody was saying, so in 18 years' time... Oh, goodness. You know, in, on what other show do you think... Do you have an 18-year planning horizon? None. So how do you balance... How do the scriptwriters balance the fact that a lot of us listeners don't want any drama, we just want characters. <laughs> and I'm definitely one of those. Mm. I think the drama gets in the way. <laughs> you know. You uh, just want the Flower and Produce show. Well, that, I can do... With, that's one bit of drama I can do with the Flower and Produce show. But how do you balance strategically and then, you know, uh, on, on, a, on, a, on a practical level, the need for drama and then with just character stuff? Yeah, there's, there's no formula. It's entirely instinct, really, you know. Um, what happens once once it boils down to the stage where you're looking at one writer is looking at the week they're going to write, um, then you then it's only really at that, that sort of point that you get a true feeling for how that is is going to balance out. You know, is it is it all a bit kind of is there a bit too much going on or what whatever? And it's one part of our job is to is, is to decide what we will emphasise and you know what what we will uh, treat in a, in a lighter way and so on. Um, but there is no, you know, there is no, as a magic formula to it. Um, it's just instinct um, and the feeling over time of what works for the audience. Uh, you know, a, a, quite a long time ago now, um, I remember there was a, there was a, a, a period, probably a month or three months, something like that, where almost by accident we had three massive stories all on at full pitch Colliding. and they, they had all they had to be doing that. each each individual story it was it had its an, an inevitability but they all they were all happening together and and but it was too late at that point once when we realized oh, you know it was a long time ago and hopefully we you know we we we're aware of that and we try not to let that sort of thing happen again um but yeah it, it's you know, the, the, uh, often it's amazing how often people say, "I like those scenes where not very much happens." Yeah. <laughs> which in a, which well, in, for all of us, too yeah. much happens yeah. for yeah. all of us. We're all yeah. trying to deal with too much, so yeah. to listen to twelve minutes when yeah. not, not yeah. a lot happens, which is in, lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Like which, meditation. Which in, in most <laughs> drama, you know, you that would be you'd be breaking the rules mm. if Killing you did that. Mm. You Nothing know, happens. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, you yeah. sh- each character should go on a journey. They yeah. should be in a no. different place yeah. at the end of the scene than yeah. where they are at the start of the scene. But because of the nature of the archers, yes, of course, there'll be scenes like that within an episode, but it's fine to have... Joe and Eddie mithering about the cider yes. club. Cool. As long and as it's in an entertaining yeah. way. And I mean that that's what why the archers is so successful. Yeah. Those moments, mm. those small bits of what you would say were kind of meaningless scenes, you know, those those things where Susan's stirring a pot of kefir or <laughs> or, or or you know, putting some vegetables on the stove. I mean those those are the that's why the archers is successful as it is. If you just let something out the bag, R. Kerry, you know, when you said in, so in 18 Whoops. years' time, <gasps> was that obviously the rosy? I can't say. <laughs> it could have been they buried a time capsule, couldn't they? Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question that you might not be able to answer? <laughs> yeah, that happens to me all the time. Okay. Um, if you could cancel out one storyline, 
if you could say, I wish I'd never done that storyline, we could have done without that. Regrets, I have a feeling. Yeah, you see, I, uh, that's a tricky one because... Uh, I'm I know it's like Doctor I'm Who, so you can't go back working, and change the yeah, thing no, of history I, 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 I'm so busy working on... I mean, I'm right, right, I literally, just yesterday, I wrote um, New Year's Eve. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> the bells ring at 12 o'clock. Uh, okay. yeah. um, so, it's hard for me now to, to, to look back. You just kind of, you know... It, it happened, at, it's it, like it, life. It's happened, you know. it's gone, you know, I, I move on. I'll ask another question, I'll have a think, I'll come back to okay. you. Okay, I'd like to ask you. Yes. Um, where would you like to see Susan in ten years' time? Mm, okay, where would I like to see her? Well, I'd like to see a middle-aged working-class woman be visible. Vi- if she heard you could describe her as working-class. <laughs> but I would like to see her being visible in her later years. Um, I think what happens generally in society that women hit a, hit a particular point, and I don't know whether you agree with this, and then they tend to become invisible or they tend to be seen as having no more potential for things. And I know this happens for men, but I'm talking from a woman's perspective. So for Susan and perhaps Clary as well, I'd like to see her develop in some way, shape or form, either to have some incredible hobby that she takes up. I've always thought that Susan might be very good at belly dancing, actually. (laughs) So I'd quite like to see, you know, um, Emma getting some, rather than karate classes, some belly dancing classes. Um, But but yeah, to develop as a a woman and have have storylines for her... Mm that aren't necessarily about her marriage or her role as a mother. Because at the moment, she's really enjoying Emma being a parish councillor. She's loving that. But you think that's because she's frustrated. She should be doing it. But then she'd bend the rules left, right and centre, wouldn't she? (laughs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I'd like to see her just grow as a woman. So I haven't got any particular direction. And I know the scriptwriters write Susan to a T. I mean, I love what they write for me. But, um, yeah, I think... To, be cu- to keep visible. And I think probably if she continues to gossip the way she is, she'll always be visible. So. <laughs> audible. So. Yeah. Well, audible, yes. There is a lot of Victoria Wood in the Susan Carter. Mm, yes. The but tabard, see, the whole yeah. tabard. Absolutely. Yeah. But you see, if I, if I had my way, I would have played um, all the Julie Walters characters <laughs> in every Victoria Wood sketch, you know, especially to Sue. So I'd like, quite like to have done that. But, yeah, no, I love all that. And, you know, she was a genius. And sadly came into the studio, didn't she? I, I, I wasn't there. Did she yeah. meet her? Yeah. No, she wrote her. I think she wrote an episode. Yes, she, she wrote She wrote just a full comic relief. Yeah. yeah she, she wrote some Archer's uh, scenes, yeah. So, Not ones that went on air, but... No, uh, yeah. stunning. Yeah, amazing. I do think Susan would make such a better job of running Bridge Farm than that oh, lot of Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. She doesn't fanny around doing business plans and saying, you must read this, Helen, Helen, read this and then I'll give it to dad and dad no. read this and I'll give it to mum she just gets she just she's says I've had a little marketing yes. plan and I've done this and then we're going to do that and then off they go she and was, she was I the one who figured a, out the cafe and the little bottles yeah I think she's got a really good business brain I really yeah. do I really do but she doesn't think she has no she says oh I can't do it. but anything. she just needs the opportunity she thought yeah. kefir mm. would yeah. do it do you know, I'm drinking that now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's revolting. Does anyone else have it? It have is tried disgusting. It? I, I tried it and the results were not good, I can tell you. <laughs> Did you oh, and by the way, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't put that in the chilli. <laughs> oh, so, 
Colin, looking at the character of Susan uh, as an example, mm. Kerry, um, obviously you've let it out, the cat out of the bag that in 18 years' time... Something happens. Something's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but for um, an established character like, like Susan, how far in the future would you actually have meaningful plans mm, yeah. for? So at this long-term meeting uh, that we're talking about, we're looking... Uh, it's slightly different at the moment because we've just changed editor. Um, so we're, we're in the long-term meeting. We're planning a little bit more short-term than normal uh, because uh, you, you know there's a need to fill in next year. You know, which was perhaps only pretty sketchy, really, inevitably, just because we'd had a, a, a fairly sudden change a change of editor with Hugh Kinnear Jones going, and now. Um, uh, you know, th- thank goodness we're we're in a more stable situation with our new editor Jeremy Howe. Um, but normally, it's sort of one, two, three years ahead. That's our kind of long-term planning horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the, our five, le- five weekly meetings where we're looking about three months ahead, and that's where we get into the the detail of what's happening. It must be very, very. So say it's a bit like a sat nav where you have your ultimate direction. Mm-hmm. So say in three years' time, you know that A is going to get married to B, yeah. or they're going to be together forever. Mm. The temptation to start dropping little hints about that already yeah. must be immense, but then you know that you can't because you're giving too much away and everyone will go, oh, well, it's obvious you're going to get... Yeah. Which explains all the red herrings, I suppose, when we all go, ooh, did you hear? <laughs> so that, that definitely means something, and Gary's <laughs> just going, oh, la, la, because it absolutely doesn't. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's exactly that. You, know, the, the, you want to put twists and turns in, mm. and ideally you don't want it to be so predictable that the... Uh, the listener can could write the script themselves, although they do anyway. <laughs> um, and, but it is a little bit like Nostradamus, you know, who, you know, who came up with a mass of predictions. Yeah, some you of know, them. Thousands and thousands yes. of them. And one or two actually kind of seemed to match what really yeah. happened. They're the ones that people remember. They're the ones where they say, I knew those two were going to get together. Yeah. And they forget all the times when everybody else was saying, no, they're going to be with them and they're going to be with them and this sort of thing. So hopefully it, it, it should be satisfying. Um, but believable, of course. You, you, you never want, oh, that's completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It should always be possible. Not necessarily probable, but possible. I want to ask an icky question now that maybe seems a bit bad taste, but it is, I think it's valid. Quite a few of the characters in The Archers are knocking on, I think it's mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> How do you deal with... I know, like, Nick is with a young woman who had sepsis and, and died and everything, but how do you deal? Is it, is it like the royal family where you sort of have a contingency plan if... The answer is no, because you, you, you don't know, you know, who's going to fall off the perch, mm. when, what storylines they'll have at the time. <clears throat> but do older actors ever say, I don't want to die on the... Um, I don't want my character to die? Yes. Uh, uh, what they really... What most of them don't want, though, is for someone else to take it on yeah. after yeah, they die. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'd rather the, they'd rather the, the character would, would die. And frankly, if we're talking about our older generation of actors, you know, I and mean, we're not going to recast Jill. No. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. Or Joe Grundy. That would be... No, or Joe. Yeah, that no, would, that would be... In, Joe Grundy's 97, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, would, that would be complete folly. Yes. You know, and an insult, frankly, yes. you know. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, you know, you, you, you just don't know. You just well, don't Peggy's know. Peggy's never so going you, to die, is she? You, Peggy is bionic. Absolutely, yeah. She's going <laughs> to outlive us all. Carry on. Uh, so you just have to respond 
when the time comes, you know, and, and depending on, you know, it, it might be that they're in a bit of a quiet patch, as happens with, with Archer's characters, and, and, you know, it's easy. It might be they've got a massive story yeah. running. And, and so then you've got to talk to the family and say, look, would you be OK for, you know, for, for, for a few months for what's been recorded already by yeah, your okay. nearest and dearest, you know, to, to go out on air? And so, you know, they, so far, have always been absolutely... I don't think there is happen. another soap that has actors of not a no, age. not no. in their nineties. No. No. no, absolutely and they're not. They're amazing. Yeah. Peggy's sounding younger by the minute. <laughs> yes, yeah. well, she, she, she looks younger. younger. About yeah. Brian as she well, looks she's amazing. Yeah. She looks yeah. incredible. Yeah. I always think of her like the Queen Mother. Yeah, I always think she looks like mm. the Queen Mother. Mm. I don't even know what she looks like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and, and it's a, you know, they're a cracking example to us all. You know, don't, yeah. re- don't retire, keep no, working. No, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, can I petition you, uh, Mr. Mr. Davis, um, to bring back a character which I didn't realise I actually quite liked, but Kathy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. She, she's, she's mentioned... And that's what I don't quite understand. <coughs> if she's mentioned, you know, that she's working in, in, the, in the health club... <coughs> You know, and and we talked. I know we talked about um, chemistry before in terms of um, people that are in a, a loving relationship, like Alice and Shula, that they didn't really have any any kind of chemistry. And Susan and Neil have have excellent on air chemistry. But Jamie and Kathy were just hitting hitting their stride. It was really getting good. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to allow you to leave the town hall until you say <laughs> categorically. <laughs> I know what's happened to her. She went into the Turkish bath and the door locked <laughs> and she's still in there. <laughs> so when they, when they eventually open the door, she's going to come out looking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's not in my gift. I'm, I'm but a humble writer. Uh, it's the editor that you need to be uh, to, to be talking to. You know, it's the ed- the editor. Get him on the phone, right? But I believe in representative democracy, <laughs> so I'm giving you the power to go into that you know, I, script meeting and say, "Let's have a bit of if only the archers, if, if only the archers work that way." Mm. Um, one way in which the archers does work is that it's uh, a reflection of wider society. Bearing in mind, it's a rural soap, right? So you can't, dare I say, you're not going to have an Indian corner shop. Whatever, right? But we do have we've had black characters, uh, Asian characters, obviously with, with Anisha, and it's a question from a uh, question from Mary Ellis, and she says there's a complete imbalance. There's lots of gay men, uh, no lesbians, and then when there was last year, the stories weren't developed. So how do you respond to Mary's question? Yeah, it's a fair uh, a fair point. Um, uh, it's obviously something we. You know, we consider and we talk about. Um, you don't want to bring a character in, you know, with a capital L. On Hello, I'm a lesbian. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that needs to be part of who they are. Um, we have now established Anna. She's uh, we've cast a very good actor uh, to, uh, to play her. Oh, so, so she might be back then. There's, you know, this is again. It's very much in the gift of the incoming editor, uh, but certainly now that. You know, uh, she exists. She's she has connections to the village. Yeah. Um, you know, she certainly could. You know, there are all manner of ways in which you know she uh, she may return. I'm not saying she's going to. I'm not saying she's not going to. Um, but yeah, it's something we're alive to. Mm. And have we got anyone else? Because we've had Eleanor Bron yeah. and um, 
uh, um, 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 and Alison Steadman. Mm-hmm. So have we got Judy Dench lined up? <laughs> or, you know, we're going to have Nicole Kidman um, going to walk into the shop? We, we, George Clooney? <laughs> yeah, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? Um, we try and avoid stunt casting, if you know right. what I mean. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but oddly enough, uh, Jeremy, our, our new editor, was saying, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I have to be careful about whose names I mention here, was a very well known um, uh, veteran uh, British actress uh, was talking to him at some drama event or other and uh, said she'd really like a part that in the Archers. That is no, she, Judy Dench has already been on, though, hasn't she? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. very, yeah. She, she played uh, one line from Prue Forest, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is a. There is, a part currently non-speaking who would be perfect for this particular actor. <laughs> and I can't say any more. It was just you one of those things... You don't need to. We'll all guess and then we'll tweet it. It was, so, yeah. it was just one of those things that came and said, oh, that would be great. But now, you know, it's a case of would we want to do it? You know, do we want that character to speak? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so on. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of... Pe- a, a, a lot of you know, the panoply of, 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 of British acting talent would probably, you know, like a girl in the arches uh, once in a while. Of course, yeah. he wouldn't. Um, talking about uh, talent in British acting, um, we're going to have a brief little sojourn right now because there's a bit of a, a blast from the past, at least a voice from the past anyway. Hello, everyone. It's Becky right here. I just wanted uh-huh. to drop in and say a big, big thank you to everybody that sponsored Sarah and I on our 50K. <laughs> uh, we completed the course in 12 hours and 12 minutes. Kind of surprised us both. <laughs> um, and have raised nearly £4,200 for the UK Sepsis Trust. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We couldn't have done it without you. And also the page was in the top 1% of Just Giving fundraising pages for September, and we couldn't have done it without you. So I just wanted to drop in today and send my sincere thanks and love to you all. I hope you have an amazing day. And also, my page is still open for another few weeks. If you can spare a few pounds, that would be amazing. Anyway, I'd just like to sign off by saying thank you for 11 years, and RIP Nick Grundy. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The ghost of Nick. I'm Nick's unknown twin sister. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's no, not no, very no, hard. Nigel came back, didn't he? To what? a fashion. Sorry, yeah. the, the character that played what? him. What? The actor that played him, sorry. Came back when? He was, um... Oh, he was a trial. jury member. He was a jury member. He was, Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. I've forgotten that. Well remembered. So there is precedent for this thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, on that and note... And David heard bits of Phil when he was fiddling around he, with his silly old toy yeah, farm. But, yeah. Yes, but that, that was... Course, that, that yes. was, yeah. Yes, yes right. no, I know. That I didn't would have, they, no, yeah, that no, would have been impressive. I've written this new stuff for Phil. Norman, are you there? Um, have we just about exhausted I think questions we have. to these? I'm bear? just about exhausted. Yeah, yes. I've done. Not, <laughs> me too. Mm. I think what we should do at this point is maybe go and have a bit of a camp coffee break, mm-hmm. right? Which means at this point uh, we can get our yokel bear up uh, to give us a social media roundup. You give applause while you're getting all the way round. <laughs> <laughs> Now, just whilst uh, Mark uh, gets on stage, for the, for the people that don't know, uh, that don't listen to the podcast, what we do every week is uh, we look at what people have posted on, on, our, on our Facebook group and either Yokel Bear... Keep filling, boys. Keep filling. ..or <laughs> Millie Bell, uh, who is uh, a contributor who lives in Australia... Um, they basically kind of deliver that to us and they tell us all the things which people have been doing uh, and saying about, about the archers. Has he gone next door? He's got lost. Uh, he's gone he's, by a pen. Hand 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 so let's give Mark another round of applause. Yes. Oh. Hello. Sorry, they had to take me around the back. So... Um, <laughs> It's I, Yokel Bear, on the Twitters, who does the social media roundup for Dumpty Dum. Um, and also, I send big love from Witherspoon and Millie Bell, um, our social media people that we love from America and down under. Um, so, it's been a really busy week on social media this week. But one thing we did is we knew that Charlotte was going to be here. We asked people to sum up Susan Carter. Um, And I would pick out the one that I thought was either the funniest or the one that really summed it up. And Nicole Bate posted simply this. Bowl of chilli, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) We also had a bit of an open thread on our our, um, Facebook page uh, where we asked people to air anything that they wanted at all. Plot predictions, conspiracy theories, personal hobby horses, and maybe questions for the panel. Missy Purple Pumpkin, I really hope that's your real name, um, said, I'd love to know if there is anyone whose job it is to deal with the dangling storylines. And pointed out, like, you know, with Roy and Lexi, Roy, you know, Lexi's gone away, um, but Roy never gets a mention. It's like he winks out of existence. And Missy Purple Pumpkin went on to say, there's a lot dangling these days. 
Yes, you're absolutely right, Missy. Big danglers at the moment. <laughs> um, Emma Jones said, why hasn't anyone called out Fallon for her hypocrisy? Because when Harrison arrested her dad, she went spare. Um, Fiona Sexton said, where is David? He's the self-appointed head of Clan Archer, but doesn't seem to be doing anything for Lizzie. Now, Fiona posted that at the beginning of the week. Well, Fiona, by the end, he had. He'd driven all the way to a prison and sat outside it. <laughs> doesn't really make him the Tony Soprano of, um, of Ambridge. But our very own Witherspoon asked, why don't the men of Ambridge have any academic aspirations? <laughs> Is there something in the water that affects all males that drink it? Should we be blaming Brian? Well, I tell, I, I tell you what, Witherspoon, we drank the water and we got dumberer. <laughs> but I think Sasha Manish, um, who, incidentally, Sasha Manish was the winner of last week's Dumpty Dum contest of Guess Freddy's Sentence. She got it dead on with two years. Um, I think Sasha this week spoke, spoke for the whole Archer's Nation with just three words. Still hate Hannah. <laughs> and in fact, Sasha posted that about God knows how many times on the Facebook page, saying, I'm just going to keep posting this until everyone agrees with it. <laughs> but talking of Hannah, or as Bid Harrison referred to her um, in a post this week, the Hannah House of Horror... <laughs> yeah, we got talking about Hannah. Now, Leonie Beavers thought, oh, what a loathsome woman. But Tessa Herring wondered whether Hannah's a bit more nuanced. Is she an updated Kirsty? Is she free-willed, strong, but a bit reactionary sometimes? But Fusty Gusset, I really hope that's your real name. <laughs> Fusty Gusset said, she's here to shoot all of our sacred cows. <laughs> Oh, God, not Tony's cows. <laughs> we'll never hear the last of it from Our Lady of the Substandard Cheese. <laughs> but Hannah is 50% of the reason that we uh, that ended up with running our, our most popular Facebook poll ever. Because this week, I think it's been pointed out, is you couldn't move for just tuning in and finding Sausage Boy hiding the, well, sausage. <laughs> So we asked the question, should there be fewer scenes with Tom and Hannah getting jiggy with it, as I believe the kids call it these days? <laughs> well, the results are in. This is the people's vote. 79%, 79% said, God, please, can we have less sex scenes with them? <laughs> Whereas a rather suspect and depraved 21%. <laughs> said they wanted more sex <laughs> But, as Roy Fields already said, we like representative democracy at uh, Dantigan. <laughs> so, I'm going to announce it here. Right now, we're holding a second referendum. <laughs> <laughs> if you think that there should be less Tom and Hannah sex, make some noise now. If for some dodgy reason <laughs> you think that there should be more sex, make some noise now. Yes. Yes. That's right. I think, All that side. I think there you go. 
It's the will of the people, Kerry. <laughs> I hear you. I Less hear you. sex, please. We're archers, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but after feeling all shuddery, thinking about Sausage Boy and his sausage, um, we did have one thread this week, which I think is worth... We're going to finish on a, a nice note. We had a Johnny appreciation thread. And by Johnny, I mean, you know, the character. (laughs) (laughs) Megan Eliza Stott said, I actually love him, and then put a heart emoji. (laughs) Andrea Melling said, he's the salt of the earth. Hold on, sorry, I've got to turn the the page. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Harmer said, he's the only light at the end of the polytunnel. (laughs) And Jennifer Preston said... In tribute to the great Lucy, isn't breathing brilliant? <laughs> and with that, we've, uh, we've reached the end of the social media roundup. So it's goodbye from me, Yokel Bear. Next week, you have the pleasure of Millie Bell for another great week on our social media. As Johnny would say, brilliant! <laughs> Uh, would you like to hit us with some tweets of the last seven days, <clears throat> Freeman? I will, I will. <clears throat> Buggy Swires. Jill. But what if Freddie had stayed at the cathedral school? He'd have got a higher profit margin, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Jam Spangle said, Hammer's Guide to the Subtle Art of Seduction 101. Lesson 1. Shout in a loud voice, Where you go, sausage boy? I'll tell you when to stop. <laughs> um... Ambridge Pony Club, a very thoughtful oh, yes, one here. Yes. Perhaps Jill's evasion of proper justice post Flapjack Gate gave Freddie a false sense of being oh. above the law. <laughs> Mark B. In Ambridge terms, Freddie will miss Stir Up Sunday in the Panto, but he will be out for the single wicket. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> and my favourite tweet of the week is from the Archers Undramatic. That horrific moment when Freddie is led into his cell to be greeted from the top bunk with Hello, Puscat. <laughs> Very good. Oh, Very good. Blimey, <laughs> Nell, we some clever archers. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If you ever want a week off, we'll just write them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, should we just start to round things up now, then? I think we should. Mm, I'm yeah. spent. Um, so, dumdydum.com, folks, go there. We've got a shop. There's all some things you can do on dumdydum.com. Maybe... Andrew Horn is modelling one of our things. He is. Oh, stand up! Look at that manly chest so with the manly words you, on it. You wouldn't want a t-shirt like that. What that man is wearing? You can go to dumdydum.com. No, I meant Andrew. Andrew's for sale on our shop. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go on to dumdydum.com. Uh, maybe join the forum. Uh, maybe just go and commune with other kind of people who are similarly obsessed with our passion. The archers. Dumdydum.com. Um, remember, folks, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe. Uh, you can simply go onto our website and hit the SpeakPipe app. Or you can call us on 0203 to leave us a message from an ordinary phone. Um, on the Twitters... Done the Twitter's bit. Oh no, sorry. All right. So um, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find me where I'm at Royfield, and of course we are at Dumdy Dum. And you, Lucy, can be found at Lucy V Freeman. And how about you, Mr. Kerry Davis? I'm at Kerry Davis, K E R I D A V I E S, the Welsh way. <laughs> Charlotte, I'm at Ambridge View. Of course. 
And of course, um, we don't we don't just have a presence on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, and and if you go onto Facebook, maybe uh, Millie Bell or Yokel Bear or Witherspoon will read out one of your uh, messages or missives, and you'll get onto the show that way. Now, uh, that's just about it, really, it isn't is. it? Have you enjoyed being in Birmingham? I've loved it, actually. What's been your best bit? Um, the most worrying bit was wondering how the hell I was supposed to get into the town hall because the entire thing oh. had been blown up. <laughs> as far as I could tell, it was like the Blitz. <laughs> and you saw the you saw the little greeting the town hall gave us um, outside just, the just stage outside door. The yeah, door. that was yes. really nice. Yeah, yes, and also the man playing that piano with by hitting oh, it. Oh yes, yes, I saw yes. him. Mm. He's been playing it's... the same tune now for three hours, just going like this. <laughs> I think it's a cymbal on. Yeah, is yeah, is that it's right? Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful it is. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's very clever. Yeah. I wonder if you can play the Archer's theme tune. Yes, I wondered that. Actually. <laughs> For enough money, I'm sure you can play anything. Um, if you've never heard of Dum Dee Dum before, uh, please go onto a podcatcher of your choice. It could be iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. But go onto an internet enabled device, type in Dum Dee Dum. And uh, why don't you become one of our listeners? You know, there's, there's a few of us around the world. And I think one of the lovely things about. Um, be, being part of Dumby Dum is that we do have listeners from the four corners of, of, of the world, um, whether it's Witherspoon in New York, Millie Bell in Australia that contribute kind of every week, or even uh, we had today Andy from Denmark. So uh, be part of our Dumby Dum community by simply going on to an internet enabled device, as I said, and typing in Dumby Dum, download our podcast. And if you do that, why don't you write us a review on uh, a podcatcher of choice, but give us five stars. We only, we only want five stars. <laughs> right. It's and also quite reassuring to find out that there are other people that are as bonkers as you are. And you think, not just in this country, everywhere. Yes. Exactly. Um, and um, we all love the archers, don't we? That's the reason why we're here. So let's give a round of applause to our guests, Kerry and Charlotte. So just before we go, I've got to thank uh, the 40 to 50 brave, crazy souls that uh, have come from, again, the four corners of the planet to be part of this dum de dum for Sass Archers weekend. So um, if you were part, part of that group, so we, you know, we, we, we did the mailbox tour, we went and had dinner last night, we kind of half kind of almost got lost on, on the canal today trying to find somewhere to go and have lunch. But we <laughs> How do you all get lost on the canal? It only goes like that. No, 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 no. There are many options oh, in, okay. in the Birmingham Canal system. Believe you. We've got, you know, we've got more miles of canals in Birmingham than Venice. Really? You can get lost. You can. <laughs> I you could can. get lost, yeah. But. And, um, yes, and of course then, uh, the highlight of the whole weekend was seeing Kerry drop some shapes at the Reflex nightclub <laughs> last night. He's a good dancer. He's, He's a good dancer. <laughs> Very light on your feet, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Keeps, keeps me off the streets. <laughs> um, any passing? No, just oh. thank you all so much for coming and thank you for ringing in and for doing all the lovely things that you do because this is what makes it so much fun. And I was very, very nervous about this, but actually it's been lovely, so thank you so much. And you know what? I think we should maybe do this again next year. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Dummy Dum's over. <laughs> thank you. Anyway.
to do. Hey, that's it. Just get up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 